This is Defender Radio. Defender Radio is brought to you by the Association for the Protection of Fur-Bearing Animals. It's the week of March 14, 2016, and this is Michael Howie bringing you this special report episode of Defender Radio. Headlines are popping up in Ontario and BC alike. Dangerous illnesses, including distemper and rabies, are appearing at rates higher than usual. Though excellent bay programs in Ontario have kept rabies to a few isolated cases in the past decade, it seems that some animals are hitching rides across the border and bringing minor outbreaks with them. And in BC, distemper infamously claimed the lives of four puppies at an SPCA shelter, increasing awareness as well as fear of the often fatal ailment. Though these headlines are assisting in the educational campaigns of veterinarians and wildlife rehabilitators across the country, some unnecessary worry is growing as well. To share information about distemper and rabies, what it actually looks like in wildlife and pets, how to reduce the risks of infection, and the absolute importance of vaccination to wild animals, domestic animals, and even humans, we were joined by Dr. Christine Coughlin of Preston Animal Clinic in Cambridge, Ontario. So could you describe what the, the rabies and distemper diseases or viruses are in, in our pets? Uh, well, let's start with uh, rabies. Um, rabies is a, a virus that attacks the central nervous system. Um, uh, as you probably know, it's almost almost 100% fatal. Um, it's transmitted via saliva. So usually bite wounds, but it can also get in, uh, the saliva can also get into, you know, skin sores or cuts, uh, or in through the mouth or nose or eyes even. Um, in, in wildlife, the main reservoirs are raccoons, skunks, foxes, and bats. Um, there's several different strains of rabies, like there's a raccoon strain, a fox strain, um, and, uh, uh, you know, several bat strains, I believe. Um, when there's a rabies outbreak, it can typically last three to, you know, three to five years. Here in Ontario, we haven't seen, until recently, we hadn't seen raccoon rabies since about 2005, uh, due to a very successful, um, bait program that the Ministry of Natural Resources, uh, did. Um, canine distemper virus is, is a highly contagious virus that's transmitted, um, through the air. So through um, or nasal secretions, it's actually related to the human measles virus, um, but people can't get the canine distemper virus. And when dogs, uh, generally puppies are more susceptible, um, but also, you know, of course, unvaccinated dogs, um, it has a, you know, a, a mortality or a death rate of about 50%. So it's not... Uh, not quite as evil as rabies, but rabies, of course, the biggest concern is that, you know, it can be transmitted to humans. Mm-hmm. Well, and in, in terms of rabies, I mean, I think most of us, or at least most of us who, who had parents who loved us and showed us Disney movies, think of Old Yeller. <laughs> old um, Yeller, yeah. And that's that's the first <laughs> thing that comes to my mind, despite all of the time I spend with dogs and around veterinarians yep. and wildlife people, that pops right into my head. Is that what rabies looks like today? Is it the foaming at the mouth, the wild barking, and, and the yep. most destructive part of my childhood revisited yeah i think that that pops into my head still too um we're dating ourselves a little bit there i think (laughs) but um yeah that is there's there's actually two forms of rabies that we can see in in pets so that that form is called the i think they call it the furious form 
um, that's sort of your your stereotype uh, rabies that people think of, where there's extreme excitement or aggression. They can actually the animals can actually chew on their own, you know, legs and and uh, they can attack for no reason, like just you know total personality changes. But there's also what they call the gum or um, paralytic form, where they the animal is more depressed. They have unusual behavior. Um, in the wildlife, we'll have like a loss of fear of humans. Um, there's the drooling, um, the, the sagging jaw. And a, and a big thing, especially I think they see this more in the uh, livestock, is strange. Um, it attacks the vocal cords, so they have strange, they make strange noises. Um, they, they can become partly to fully paralyzed. So those are the, the two forms that we, we tend to see. Well, and that's interesting to me because then when I look at distemper, and I have unfortunately uh, seen two raccoons in the throes of death from distemper uh, when yeah. I was doing some work with rehabbers, and that's very similar, actually, from what I saw on a raccoon, except it had uh, the um, uh, seizing was the additional yeah, and that's uh, that's where yeah, sorry, that's where it gets tricky with the raccoons because they are very susceptible to the the canine distemper virus, and the clinical signs can be very very similar. Um, distemper can have well in, in pets in dogs we generally see there's two forms of it. So generally they start with fever, dehydration, you know, not eating. Um, you know, coughing, they get end up with pneumonia and nasal and eye discharge, sometimes diarrhea. Now, raccoons can get those signs too, but with with dogs, some will recover after this stage, but some will go on to get the, um, it's an irreversible neurological form, which is what you've just been describing in the raccoons. And that in, in dogs, sometimes we don't see that till, you know, generally one to three weeks after, but Sometimes that can be delayed for weeks or even months. But those signs, again, the, the virus goes into the, the central nervous system and it causes them to um, they can have muscle contractions. They can be circling, um, you know, head tilts, seizures, as you mentioned. Um, in the raccoons, we'll also often see them act very lethargic, disoriented, you know, kind of wandering, like they don't know where they're going, stumbling, that kind of thing, which can look a lot like rabies. And in, you know, in Ontario till recently, um, if we saw a raccoon like that, we would be treating it as, as distemper first. Mm-hmm. But now it gets a little, it gets a little trickier. Well, and it, it was right here in Hamilton where I am that we yeah. had, uh, we've had an apparent outbreak of rabies. Uh, and the, most of the theories I've heard is that it's probably coming up through the border. Um, the same way actually possums would have, uh, uh, come up to Canada, which is sort of clinging on to trucks and yeah. things like that. Um, and I guess this kind of gets on to the next part. You know, I'm sitting here. I've got dogs around me. Uh, they go out in the backyard and play, and, uh, you know, they see squirrels and other things. I try and keep wildlife out of the backyard, specifically so it doesn't come into conflict with my pets. But there are a lot of mm-hmm. raccoons around here, and, and in British Columbia as well, of course, in Quebec. Pretty much anywhere we have urbanized, there are a large number of raccoons. Um, what, what is the first thing people should be doing? in regards to, to rabies and distemper to try and prevent this? Right. I mean, the, the, the beauty, if there's anything, of these, both these viruses is they, they have, we have highly effective vaccines for both of them. So it's very important for you know, pet parents to keep their, 
you know, their pets up to date on those vaccines. And in fact, in, uh, you know, in Ontario, it is required by law that your dog and cat, um, you know, are kept up to date with rabies. So that's number one. Uh, number two is certainly, you know, keeping an eye on them outside, no, trying to limit exposure. Um, the good news is that, you know, squirrels and rabbits don't present, present much of a risk, but, uh, Certainly raccoons get into everywhere, so keeping them on leashes when they're in, you know, around areas where wildlife are or, you know, very supervised, those are the other, you know, the, the other main ways. And, and if we vaccinate our pets, and, and in my household we do the basic vaccine, the, I think it's the combo uh, that has rabies, distemper, and one or two other things in it, um, and uh, we, we sort of follow these basic precautions, what then becomes the risk for our pets contracting one of these diseases? Very, very minimal with uh, with both vaccines if they're kept up to the, the proper protocols. Um, the, like I said, the vaccines are highly effective. If your animal is exposed to rabies um, or suspected rabies, there's a whole process to follow within the you know, with the healthcare system, um, and they assess risk. And there's, you know, generally, if they're up to date on their rabies vaccine, the incubation period that we have to watch them for is much, much shorter than if they're they've lapsed or never been vaccinated. Uh, so the risk becomes much. I mean, no vaccine is 100% effective, um, but the risk. I don't think I've ever heard of um ever of a, a dog. Um, or a cat getting rabies if they've been vaccinated and or neither a dog getting distemper that's been vaccinated. So highly effective vaccines. Excellent. And uh, the last thing I wanted to ask you, and it's it's moving out of your wheelhouse, but as a veterinarian, you will have experienced this. I know I've experienced it. Um, when you uh, when a person gets bit by a dog mm. and it gets reported, there is a lengthy process. And that is because uh, rabies can jump to humans. So it, it, it's very important for people to understand that it's not just their pets and wildlife they're protecting, but other people as well. How do you really try and get that across um, yeah. and uh, sort of just to try and permeate through some of, uh, you know, modern culture's fear of vaccines and things like this? Yeah, that's, um, you know, whenever we see a, a bite, we we have to report it uh, to the to the local Ministry of Health and then they they follow up with that by trying to, you know, locate the, well, obviously if it's the owner's dog, but, you know, follow up with at risk, you know, assessing at risk. Um, we try to educate, you know, educate people and I, you know, as much as we can when they're here, um, you know, yeah, it's all about education really. And now with a lot of this in the, in the news, I think people are becoming more aware of just how, know how serious rabies is and that it can be transmitted to people. That's the show for this week, folks. I'd like to thank Dr. Coughlin for sharing her time and strongly recommend anyone with pets to talk to their veterinarian and make sure their vaccines are up to date. Until next time, this is Michael Howie reminding you to stay informed and stay strong. <laughs>